joining me for a look at the equity space is Imtia Suleiman from Sencho Capital. Thanks so much for your time, Imtia. I feel like we've just been digesting uh, China data this whole week. So trade data did come out today with the declines in exports and imports actually coming out less than what markets had anticipated. Of course, this is one of the few times that the data has actually been uh, less bad than what markets uh, had anticipated. But I'm guessing looking at the market's reaction that it's it's not quite time to open up a bottle of champagne right yeah thanks Anati. yeah i think what we're seeing is the data out of china is still negative some of the stimulus measures that china has implemented hasn't come through just yet but what we also haven't seen is a massive bazooka style stimulus um, coming through and that's been quite negative for the likes of our resource shares having a big negative impact on the demand side for commodities. So today we saw exports down again, um, imports down as well. And it does speak to a weak Chinese um, economy, as well as the global growth that is also on a weaker trend. Um, I mean, you still got very strong US, but outside of the US, um, which is an insulated economy, um, things are not, you know, robust as, as they could have been if China um, did reopen as one expected at the beginning of the year. So we're seeing those effects certainly come through. Ah, well, let's actually chat about the U.S. because weekly jobless uh, claims uh, came in lower than what markets had anticipated. Still quite signaling as much as we did see uh, the last time non-farm payrolls come out that the unemployment rate has increased. But even that headline number four non-farm payrolls came out more than expected. And now weekly jobless claims coming out less than expected. So still quite signaling a strong labor market. Is this now getting investors worried that the Fed might actually not pause at its September meeting? Yeah, I think overall we've seen that mixed data that you speak about, but certainly a very strong jobs market in the U.S. And that certainly speaks to rates that are going to stay higher for longer. So we might, you know, we might not see a rate increase just yet, but um, we could see one in November. And then in terms of rate cuts, you know, that's going to take some time to come through. And we've seen a very fast um, rate acceleration since the COVID levels um, and monetary policy is certainly much tighter now. And that's worrying markets. Um, we haven't seen a lot of those effects from the rate hikes come through just yet because you had a, you have a lot of fixed rate mortgages in the US, the consumer that's been quite strong and they've been, you know, buffered to some extent by the higher savings levels that they've built up. So those effects are coming through. Um, the savings have been dwindle, dwindling. You've seen the rate hikes and credit card delinquency is starting to pick up so we're pretty much towards i would call it the late cycle phase of um, the economic phase in the u.s ah well uh just zooming into the tech shares in the u.s apple uh, shares dropped more than three uh, percent at some point and there seems to be quite a lot that's happening there we did have china saying that it will extend or a bloomberg report saying that china is going to extend the ban on iphone usage on state-owned companies and its agencies but then also in europe we also have uh you know uh the authorities there uh, imposing more restrictions on these tech giants and i'm just wondering particularly on apple i mean uh tech uh, stock that is considered quite defensive if there could be a significant impact on earnings uh, over these uh, regulatory issues 
Yeah, I think you're seeing a overall geopolitical tension between uh, the U.S. and China continue. Um, China is is trying to protect the privacy and what we're seeing now in terms of banning iPhones certainly speaks to that. It is a negative for the likes of Apple and some of the other tech companies from the U.S. because China is very much a growth engine for them. And, you know, with the reopening of China and um, consumers starting to, you know, spend, but not as much as, as we would have hoped for, um, you know, China was certainly going to be part of that growth. And if that doesn't come through, it will have an impact on uh, earnings, on earnings like Apple and some of the other tech companies, certainly. Ah, all right. Well, let's uh, come back to the JSC. Sunlam did come out with its interim results today. Uh, headline earnings per share up more than 100%. But of course, you know that the uh, preferred measure of performance is that net result from financial services that increased by more than a quarter, seeming that uh, that, uh, was, uh, that came from all the div- divisions. What did you make of Sunlam's performance in this half-year uh, period? Yeah, I think it was a very strong performance from Sunlam. We've seen them emerge from essentially a one in a hundred year event, which was COVID. Um, and the, a lot of those provisions in terms of um, COVID provisions that were taken were unwound. And what you're seeing now is a normalization of the mortality experience coming through. And, you know, that the risk experience from that, um, which means lower claims for death and disability is starting to normalize and that had a positive impact on their earnings um, and certainly in the life business. There were some strains that we did see in terms of people um, not keeping their policies for as long as they hope for. And this is part of the overall consumer strain that we see in the economy. So there's some pressures coming through from, from that segment, pretty much weighted towards the, the more middle and lower income segment. Um, and then the credit book, which is um, uh, quite weighted towards India, did very well. Um, and then from an asset flow level, you know, again, very strong flows from that side. Their capital base remains quite robust at 3 billion rand. And they've done a few acquisitions in the period which are starting to come through. So I think overall, um, a nice recovery, um, strong balance sheet and good growth that has come through. Ah, all right. Well, let's quickly get to your stock pick as we wrap up the conversation, MTS. Yeah, I'm going with um, Woolworths. You know, what we've seen uh, come out of Woolworths is that there's been a turnaround in the South African uh, fashion, beauty, and home business. Their margins have increased in this period, as well as the gross margins and operating margins. I think there's still more to come from that um, as they optimize some of the costs. Um, they sell more merchandise on a full price basis rather than under discount. Um, and then we've got the proceeds from the David Jones sale. While, while it's not as much as one would have hoped for, that's uh, that's going to release some of management's time and effort in terms of um, trying to turn, turn David Jones around. Um, Country Road will come through um, in terms of the growth prospects um, that they're seeing. And then you've got a world-class food business in South Africa that continues to tick along. Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much uh, for your time, MTS. Really appreciate it. That was MTS Suleiman from Sencio Capital.